Amen. Thank you so much. I'm going to go ahead and invite you to pray with me again as we get to uh, tonight's topic. Uh, let us pray. Father God, again, we are here um, and we're about to open the scriptures and we never do so without calling upon your Holy Spirit. I am asking once again that you please speak through me, that you anoint my lips, and that you pour out your spirit in such a way that we can receive your word, apply it to our lives, and share it with others. I ask this humbly in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. So this is the last one of the series, Beyond the Grave. Praise, pray, proclaim, and today is titled, Shout. And if you can make sure the clicker is in the thing, and let's try it now. And let's try it now. A now. A, we're there. Excellent. So it's entitled Shout. And um, what I want to do, I want to take you briefly to the prayer we looked at this morning. By the way, if you're joining us online and you weren't here this morning or got a chance to join us online, check on our channel on YouTube. You should be able to see Thursday night's message that dealt with praising God and also this morning's message that dealt with prayer. And now we're talking about shout. And the prayer that I'm talking about is found in John 17. John 17, 15, look what it says. I am not asking you to take them out of the world, but to keep them safe from the evil one. Verse 16, they are not of the world, just as I am not of the world. And I pointed this out this morning because we are meant to be here. We're meant to share Christ with others. Right now, the end of the world is coming very, very soon. I know you've probably been hearing about Jesus coming and Jesus coming, but you got to admit that the last couple of years, those contractions that we speak of, that we see in, in Matthew 24, and all of the things that we see throughout the Bible, they're just happening more and more and more. Now, I don't know if Jesus is going to come next week or next year. It could be 10 years from now, but what I do know is that in the times that I grew in, grew up in versus the times that I'm living in now, I see so much pain. I see so much more. We talk about earthquakes and hurricanes and disasters and violence. More and more of it is happening. Plus, there's also something else. Towards the end times, it says that there's going to be a falling away from God. Of falling away from worshiping the true God. And I remember growing up in a place where we had prayer in, in school before our meals and for other things. Suddenly, we can't even read the Bible in school. We could bring all kinds of books by all kinds of people, but the Word of God is not even allowed in there. So all, I'm saying all of that to say that I know that God is coming very near. Therefore, remember that this world is not your home. But while we are here, we need to share that with others. Now, how do I know and why am I saying that? The very next uh, two verses after that, John 17, verse 18, look what it says. Just as you sent me into the world, I am sending them into the world. So, so there is a job for us to do. Now, why are we being sent out there? I mentioned a little bit, but remember... God has done something amazing, and many people still do not know. Look at Psalms 97, 6. It says, the heavens proclaim his righteousness. Every nation sees his glory. And in a world of darkness right now, the only way that they can see his glory is through God's light shining in your lives. 
And therefore, we need to proclaim, just like the heavens proclaim, we need to proclaim what a mighty and amazing God it is that we serve. I want to take you to uh, John chapter 12, and I'm going to put this on the screen now, but let me tell you what happens. We often quote this text and we stop right here. I want you to take a look at this text a little bit more. Look what it says. And when I am lifted up from the earth, I will draw everyone to myself. Absolutely. You want to put some light in this world of darkness? You need to lift up Jesus. You need to share Jesus with others. But this is not about lifting up Jesus per se, although that is the right way. Definitely give people Jesus. I love when I have a guest speaker coming, you know, unlike the world. I say, yeah, go ahead. Give them heaven, you know. And, and they walk away, and then they kind of get the joke a little... Hey, hey. You know, they get the joke halfway through. When I say give him heaven, yes, lift up Jesus. But notice what he was saying here in the next verse. And he said this to indicate how he was going to die. It's more than just giving them Jesus. Let them know what happened at the cross. Because what happened at the cross is the very reason why we stand a chance. I also want to take you a few verses before of the same story, same chapter, verse 27. Look what it says. Now my soul is deeply troubled. Should I pray, Father, save me from this hour? But this is the very reason I came. Verse 28. Verse 28. There it is. Father, bring glory to your name. Then a voice spoke from heaven saying, I have already brought glory to my name, and I will do so again. Two verses later, then Jesus told them, the voice was for your benefit, not mine. We often talk about the voices from heaven when Jesus got baptized and, and, and the voice from above like a dove descended. This is my son in whom I am well pleased. We talk about the voice at the mountain of transfiguration, but we often don't recognize the voice that was mentioned here. When Jesus said, should I pray to save me? No, this is why I'm here. Then let your name be glorified. Absolutely, son. My name will be glorified. And Jesus said, this was said for your benefit and not mine. There's a lot of things that happen in the life of Jesus that it was for our benefit. And the biggest benefit of all is the fact that Jesus died for you and for me. And he rose again. I want to take you um, for tonight because, you know, you got to proclaim. You got to shout. You got to go right ahead and let people know about this. So I want you to get excited about this as much as I get excited. And so I want to take you to the four Gospels in the four occasions that Jesus cried out just before he gave up the goals, just before he breathed his last. And the first one is Matthew 27, 50. And look what it says. Then Jesus what? What does it say there? He shouted out again. And he what? Release his spirit. So it says he shouted out again. That means he shouted before. He shouted again and released his spirit, right? Mark 15, 37. Look what it says. And Jesus what? Cried out. The Greek word there is kraso. Literally means in a loud voice he spoke and exclaimed. He cried out with a loud voice. In case you don't know Greek, it's loud. And he breathed his last. Luke 23, 46. We saw this one this morning. And look what it says. And when Jesus had cried out with a loud voice, you know exactly how loud it was. He said, Father, into your hands I commit my spirit. Having said this, he breathed his last. And then we get the gospel of John. 
John 19.30, and I had this underlined there. So when Jesus had received the sour wine, he said what? What does it say there? It is finished. And bowing his head, he gave up his spirit. Now, I know you probably do not remember March 19, 2016, when I preached my very first message here, and you guys had that whole music thing going on. I mentioned this then, but because you probably forgot what I preached on last week, I'm going to repeat what I repeated that very day, a little bit over seven years ago. And is that that word right there, this is my favorite word in all of Greek, in all of the New Testament, it is tetelestai. Meaning that it has been and it will forever remain finished. This is a shout of victory. You know, right now, there's probably going to be skits tonight or tomorrow in churches about Jesus on the cross. And here's Jesus. It is finished. And he gives up the ghost. And it's very sad. And it's very soft. And it's a whisper. The Bible says that he cried out and gave up the ghost. He shouted and breathed his last. This is a cry of victory. This is a cry of victory. This word right here, and I'm going to put it on the screen, tetelestai. It means that it has been and will forever remain finished. And it is a word that was often employed by Roman gladiators when they defeated their enemy. You know, they're doing the swords and the shields and the thing, thing, thing. And when they didn't know, right? Hey, They shouted that it had been defeated. This is like those of you who grew up like me in the 80s and 90s watching those uh, kung fu movies and stuff when they go like, what the, you know? So it's like, you know, Jesus said to Lucifer, what the, and he defeated the devil because you are done. It is finished. Tetelestai. It has been and it will forever remain finished because Jesus won the victory, defeated the devil, and the devil is already defeated because he knows he is defeated. He knows he's got about a short time. He's trying to take as many of you out as possible. He's like, I'm going out swinging. I know I'm out, but I'm going out swinging. But the battle is already won. He is done. He is finished. Tetelestai. Are you with me? I want to share with you the story of Jesus' death on the cross, in the grave, and his ascension to heaven, but from the Old Testament. You know, those of you who may be watching from home from the Thursday night Bible study, we just went over this. This is found here in, Ma- in Psalm 22, 1. I want you to understand Psalm 22 is an image, a prophetic image of Jesus on the cross. Psalms 23 is a prophetic image of Jesus in the grave. And Psalms 24 is of Jesus' ascension. The devil is finished. Our chains are broken. We are free. But now, let's take a look at this briefly from, from the Old Testament. Psalms 22.1, it says, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Doesn't it sound familiar? Was that not said on the cross? Why are you so far from helping me? And from the words of my groaning. Verse 16 of chapter 22, for dogs have surrounded me. The congregation of the wicked has enclosed me. They pierce my hands and my feet. Verse 18, two verses later, they divide my garments among them, and for my clothing they cast lots. Psalms 22 is a prophetic imagery of Jesus on the cross. Psalm 23, you may be familiar with it, but this is a prophetic image of Jesus in the grave. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they come for me. Verse 5, you prepare a table before me in the presence of our enemies. You anoint my head with oil, my cup runs over. And verse 6, surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all of the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. 
And now we go to Psalm 24. This is, I wanted to tell you the end of the story. That's why I kind of skipped briefly through 23, uh, 22 and 23. Because I love this from Psalm 24. Look what it says. Who may ascend into the hill of the Lord? Or who may stand in his holy place? If you ever study Revelation, notice when it comes to opening the scroll, there are questions. Who is worthy to open the scroll? Who is worthy to stand? There is a question as to who. Who can do this? Verse 4. He who has clean hands and a pure heart, who has not lifted up his soul to an idol nor sworn deceitfully, Verse 7, same chapter. Lift up your heads, O you gates, and be lifted up, you everlasting doors, and the King of glory shall come in. Verse 8. Who is the King of glory? The Lord strong and mighty. The Lord mighty in battle. Verse 9. Lift up your heads, O you gates. Lift up your everlasting doors. And the King of glory shall come in. It gets repeated. And verse 10. One more time. Who is the King of glory? The Lord of hosts. He is the King of glory. And then there's that word there. Selah. Which is supposed to be silent for you to just contemplate what was just said. See, the question is who is worthy to ascend? Jesus, the Lord of Lords, the King of Kings, He is worthy. And you notice, you saw it repeated two times when I talked here on Thursday night. I told you about praise the Lord, praise the Lord. It was repeated. You needed to pay attention. Here it was repeated again. I'm sorry, who is the King of Glory? Right there. I'm sorry. What's his name? Come on, come on. Who, who is he? And you know, it asks you again because he wants you to recognize that the Lord, the King of Kings, my Jesus, my Savior, He is the one. Selah. Yes, yes. I want to take you to John 14 now because this is what we're proclaiming. John 14, verse 1. Let not your heart be troubled. Yeah, but COVID, politics, all of these things, it's okay. Let not your heart be troubled. My finances, my credit, I'm struggling. Let not your heart be troubled. Listen, I'm having marital problems, problems with my children, problems in my home, my car is falling apart. Let not your heart be troubled. You know, almost 200 times in the Bible, the phrase do not fear is there. I'll get back to the text, though, because that's not what I'm supposed to preach about tonight. You believe in God, believe also in me. Verse 2, in my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you, I go to prepare a place for you. Verse 3, verse 3a, there it is. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you to myself, that where I am, there you may be also. What are you proclaim? We serve a risen Savior who has ascended to heaven because he was worthy and he will come back to take us home with him. And I love that, love that about my God. He is an amazing, loving God who keeps his promises. He's coming back to take us home. And there's a lot of scripture and a lot of misconceptions at times as to his coming. The Bible says every eye is going to see him. The Bible says that we're going to meet the Lord in the air. But then if you read towards the end of Revelation, there's going to be an end to sin once and for all. And then there's going to be heaven on earth. The city is going to descend down and we're going to see and witness God recreate again. And we're going to see a brand new heavens and a brand new earth. 
And it is just a beautiful ending to the story. And that's the story we got to tell people. We talk about what happened on the cross and we talk about what's going to happen again. We talk about what took place and what will take place. And so I want to take you to the last section of scripture for tonight's message. We're going to skip to the end of the story. This is Revelation 21 because I want you to contemplate a secondary it is finished. Revelation 21.5, look what it says. Then he who sat on the throne said, Behold, I do what? Make what? All things what? New. And he said to me, Write, for these words are true and faithful. Verse 6. Look what it says. You might need to click for me. Not sure what did I do. Yeah. A. Verse 6. And he also said what? It is finished. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. To all who are thirsty, I will give freely from the spring of the water of life. And so I wanted to bring you to this secondary, it is finished, because this, it is finished, is different than, what was the first word? Did you guys remember? Tetelestai. This one is ginomai. Tetelestai and ginomai. This ginomai is different. This one is to become, to come into existence, to begin to be. Because he made everything new. Okay, it's ready. It's all done. Now it has begun. So it, though it is finished, although it is done, although it is ginomai, it is a brand new beginning. And to me, it's my second favorite word in the Greek. Because I love a God of second chances. I love a God of new beginnings. I mean, we talked about the reasons to praise God. I told you Thursday night, if you can't say amen or say ouch, what do you say? Hallelujah, right? Why? Because he died for me. While I was still sinning, he died for you and for me. He's a God of new beginnings and a God of second chances. I've got to spend my entire life, dare I say, like a thief on a cross. And my last few hours have a come to Jesus moment and repent. And he was faithful to forgive that thief. He is faithful to forgive me. So while we still have time, we can come to the God of second chances. The God of new beginnings. The God that said you can begin to be. You can, now it is finished. Now you can commence. And so you've ever had somebody hurt you or apologize to you? I'm so sorry. I'm so, we're good, man. No, no, seriously, we're good. No, but I'm so, hey, we're good. With my God, we're good. Come to him. And he's telling you, hey, it's done. It is finished. Ginomai. Go ahead and begin brand new. And I love that about my God. He is an amazing God. Not only that, last text for today from this very passage, same chapter 21, but verse 7. Look what it says. All who are victorious will inherit all these blessings, and I will be their God, and they will be my children. And I just absolutely love that about my God. This is a real truth that you have and you possess. It's a real truth that maybe I just reminded you of it today. Maybe you did not hear it for the first time. But it is a truth that we need to proclaim. And unlike, and unlike Thursday night 
And Saturday morning, when I said I'm going to do an appeal, just sort of, you know, just between you and God, yes, you know, I'm going to praise you, and yes, I'm going to pray more. I want to do an actual appeal now, a commitment from all of you that are here. But don't do it because of the people here. So what I'm going to do, I'm going to ask you to close your eyes. I'm going to keep mine open, and I'm going to cheat. And I'm going to ask you to raise your hand if it is your desire to make it your goal to shout and declare and proclaim what a mighty God we have. A God that is coming back and is going to take us home with him. So if that's your desire today and your commitment before God, I'm going to ask you to close your eyes and just raise your hands where you are because I want to see that. And, you know, again, this is not about me because, uh, you know, I don't know what you'd be doing when I'm not around you. But this is a commitment between you and God. Thank you. You may put your hands down. For those that are at home, I, I can't see you. You can put something in the comments. But also, seriously, let us know if you want us to reach out to you and study some of these topics even further. I, I gave you guys the Cliff Notes version, this, this whole series, deliberately, because it's about us connecting more than just a few minutes here and there. And for those of you who are here at home, I want to encourage you to go right ahead and make it your goal at every moment that you have. To spread that light. This is my desire, my request, but not because of me, but because of him who sent you into the world. Let us go ahead and pray. Father God, we love you. You are an amazing God. You are a mighty God. You are the God of Ginnemites. The one that gives us an ability to begin now. It's done and we can begin. Lord, thank you for winning the victory. Thank you for that great victory on the cross over the devil. Thank you for the protection you're going to give us because he's like a roaring lion seeking whom to devour. I like cats and kitty cats, but I ain't trying to mess with him because he's out to get me and out to get us because he knows that he has but a short time. But the fact that we have a short time on this earth, the more that we, your children, need to tell others about you. Let us declare, just like the heavens do. Let us proclaim and let us shout out loud that we serve a risen Savior. Father God, please work in us and through us for the benefit of all. This is my humble prayer. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Let everyone here say, Amen.